What up, Tiger Bombers? It's your boy, Ralph Lark, coming at you for our rewind of week four. Hopefully you were successful on the seasonal side of things as well as the daily side of things this week. More so seasonal for me. Um, daily was a tough nut to crack this week because anytime you have, you're playing GPPs and you got a guy like Mitch Trubisky that goes off for six touchdowns, pretty much you got to have that guy, right? Um, but still, all in all, it was a decent week. Um, <clears throat> one more thing to, to just kind of go over that DFS stuff specifically really quickly, Tiger Bombers. Remember, most of what we're trying to do is make some cash game selections. I talked about that split between cash and GPP. You should be at a 30%, 70% split with that larger portion going to the cash game. So you'll notice a lot of my picks are like that. Um, because they're, they're, you know, they're mostly designed for cash games, but certainly we're taking our cracks at the GPP too. But if you're not having success on the GPP side, you may want to remember a couple of things. If you're picking good lineups, but getting nowhere, you're probably in the wrong contest. Um, you need to look at how many people are in this contest and think about it. You know, they got the Millie maker out there. They got the play action pass. They got all these nice games, but remember Tiger Bombers, if you are playing, in a contest that's filled with 50,000 people, 100,000 people, that's a stadium's worth of people, and you're taking your one shot, you, you shouldn't be placing all your hopes and dreams on that, or at least if you are, just understand the risk that comes there. That's what the cash games are all about. If you lose half of your cash games, you still cover everything you did for the week, right? So the, so the GPP losses don't matter either because you got covered there and you can take your crack again next week. That's how you should be thinking about this is that you, you just a few GPP contests to kind of get that upside and to get that once in a lifetime, you know, as we call it, life-changing money versus that cash game, you know, win on a weekly basis, which should be lunch-changing money. All right, now that we've got that out the way, let's just quickly review our picks from this past week so we can get you guys off to baseball. I think the judges are already in session. 2-0 Yankees, last I checked. All right, so uh, the first game we'll go over is the Seahawks and the Cardinals. And I had a few suggestions in this game. Russell Wilson was one of them. Um, he did that 19 for 26, 172 yards. Um, but he didn't have any touchdowns. Now, he also had no picks, but no touchdowns. So we'll say that's a little bit of a dud, a miss there, because... You want to really see him get those two touchdowns like we talked about on Saturday. So his numbers, we know they're going to be middling, but it's all about the touchdowns, which he didn't get. Disley, we missed there, but it's not because he played a full game and just didn't do what we thought. He actually got carted off on the second drive, um, and he's just gone for the year. Just a gruesome injury. Feel sorry for the young man. Our hearts go out to him. He's certainly done for the year. Now, that leaves space for Nick Vanett to step up. He'll be the replacement. So if you need a tight end, you know, you can sort of look there. We know that Russell Wilson is designed to throw to that position. Um, so if you're really struggling, you can go there. I did recommend the Cardinals defense, too. Now, true to form, they kept this game closer than most people thought. It was only 20-17. to 17, um, But they only ended up, you know, surmounting three points. So they, they didn't really play as well as I thought they would. We're going to call that a miss. Uh, my last suggestion from this game was David Johnson, and he was able to um, rush the ball 21 times for 71 yards and a touchdown. And he also added um, three receptions. He caught three of his four targets for 41 yards receiving. So he was able to go over 100 on the day and really get that production that we were looking at from him. 
All right, next game, guys, was the the Giants and the uh, New Orleans Saints. And, you know, one thing I want to say about this game is you should really look at some of the comments that Alec Ogilvy had about this contest. And if you didn't get a chance to watch it, this was a game of, you know, missed calls by the referees, you know, reportedly both sides, but really more so against the Giants. They missed some tripping calls. They added some penalties that weren't there. They would take 15-minute debates and then pull up penalties and say there was no infraction by the Saints, um, calling the Giants for horse collar and then turning right around and not calling the Saints. Tony Romo even went so far as to say on national TV that they get the call wrong. Now, we know as broadcasters, they are encouraged to not speculate, okay? So you know it's a big deal when the announcers are coming out and saying it. So this game didn't uh, reach the shootout potential that we hoped because the referees just kept asserting themselves into this one over and over and over again. Nevertheless, we suggested Eli Manning for this game, and um, you know, dumb face really produced. He had 31 for 41, 255 yards. Just that one touchdown, though. If he can get one more touchdown, then that's the key um, you know, game for him. That's the production we're looking for for him. I don't ever expect him to go three and four and five touchdowns, but... You know, 250 and two, that's right what we want our quarterback to be. So he was just under there. Uh, Breeze had himself um, just a lackluster day, too. 18 to 32, 217 yards. So not really their yardage wise and no touchdowns either. Um, it was not, every, it's not every day that that happens to Drew Brees, right? But the Giants made a concerted effort to not get beat by him. Um, our next suggestion was Michael Thomas. And a part of that was shutting down Thomas, too. He caught all four of his receptions but only for 47 yards. They really um, took care to limit Michael Thomas, to limit Drew Brees, and to make sure they don't get beat that way. So what does that mean? When you overcompensate for one side of the ball, generally you're going to leave yourself uh, open to exposure against the other side. So that'd be the running game. And we did recommend Alvin Kamara, who rushed the ball 19 times for 134 yards, and he added three touchdowns to that. Now, he did catch five of his nine receiving targets. That's a lot when you consider they even gave him the ball 19 times. So that's literally like, you know, what's what's the math right there? That is 28 times they look in his direction between pass and run. So incredible stuff there. But he had a 47 yards receiving to that 134 yards on the ground in those three touchdowns. So he really paid off there. If you're like-minded with me, then you probably paired him with Breeze. Um or even paired him with Breeze and Thomas. And so you really didn't, you were hurt if you used Breeze or Thomas, basically. Um, our next suggestion for this game was Barkley, Saquon Barkley. Now, he only rushed for 44 yards with his 10 attempts, but he did get a touchdown. And then he also added um, six receptions on eight targets for 56 yards. So he was able to, you know, get over that 100-yard mark for the day all purpose and get a touchdown. So again, he just finds a way to return decent value for you every week. We also recommended OBJ in this one, Odell Beckham Jr. And, you know, he was targeted 11 times, but there has to be some frustration there. He only caught, oh, he caught seven of them, but only for 60 yards. So the Saints finally showed up a little bit better on defense, but also, as I said, there's got to be some frustration between timing and getting on the same page with Eli. Um, I talked about a lot of group talk last week, and one of the group talk selections, the, the pick du jour, pick the week was Sterling Shepard. Um, I am, I'll report, I, I'm happy to eat crow when I, when I need to. Um, I was wrong about him, I'll say. He didn't go off for over 100 yards receiving or anything like that, but he caught all 10 of his targets. So 10 of 10 on the receiving end for 77 yards and a touchdown. That's really solid production. 
Um, I had more of my eggs in the basket of OBJ than him. And uh, that one didn't work out for me. But I'm never going to come on here and try to sugarcoat things or talk to you guys in a different way or try to put a different light on it. We missed right there. All right, Tiger Bombers. Our next game is the 49ers and the Chargers. I said I couldn't recommend the 49ers because although they would have a chance to be exposed to lots of tackling, which is good, you know, DFS points, that they just miss a lot of tackles. And if you watch that game, they did miss a lot of tackles, a lot of whiffs, a lot of arm tackles, a lot of dudes that look disinterested in being out there. Um, But we did recommend Melvin Gordon, 15 rush attempts for 104 yards, and he added seven receptions for 55 yards. And guys, I watched this game. He looked real good doing it too. He's catching his stride right now. I really like what he adds to that team. And so much of what they do revolves around him. Uh, We recommended Brita on the other side. Just sheer volume. I thought, you know, they would just keep run, run, run because, you know, Beathard has limitations. But early turnover attributed to the 49ers defense and Beathard not playing nearly as terrible as I thought he would just required less of an effort from Brita. He didn't really do anything. We'll call his production a dud. But the positive thing was he was out there on 38 of the 60 total offensive snaps they took, which means that basically, you know, that's like 63%. So he's overtaking. Alfred Morris that you know Morris is kind of a thing of the past maybe at this point or at least the two punch for sure and Brita again uh, just like I said about Gordon if you watch the game it just looked dynamic I mean it's not you know more of a game script thing and you know um, stuff like that but I'm not taking away from Brita he still looks good the Chargers defense I recommended miss there Mike Williams we recommended that was a miss there too just not enough attention for Mr. Williams we did recommend um, Phil Rivers, and he was 25 for 39 for 250 yards, and he had a three touchdowns and a pick. So even if you go back to that, you know, cash game lineup where I had, you know, Breeze, Thomas, and Kamara, you know, boom, that's one where already I can start to look back in retrospect and say, okay, I probably have much better results if I just pair Rivers with Kamara. So those are the little things, you know, like we can, you know, dance around these game scripts and stuff like that, but you know, what you're trying to do in the daily fantasy world is difficult. And the fewer lineups you're trying to do it with, the steeper the climb is going to be for you. So again, my suggestion is to really diversify those lineups. And if you really want to be invested in that GPP thing, look, they have quarter contests where you'll play 500 people, but you can win 100 if you win. They'll have, you know, 100 persons where, you know, winner take all for 100 bucks. It, you know, if you can walk away from the allure of the dollar signs and the thousands and the millions. And if you still want to play GPP, what's wrong? Like you want to, you want to take this $30 entry, right? And you want to put it in that big GPP and hope for the best. But what's wrong with playing a bunch of $1 GPP contests? If you were to win um, each and every one of those, yes, you probably wouldn't win as much as you won that, you know, large field GPP. That's the $30 entry. But I guarantee you, you'll need less points to win those smaller GPPs. And which would you rather, the 50 grand or nothing? Or would you rather walk away with at least $3,100? That's a nice day, right? So just different ways to attack it, guys. Um, Next game was the Fins and the Pats. And, ooh, I want to talk about this one because I got it wrong, but I'm okay with the reasons why I got it wrong. We gave you guys a pretty uh, elongated game script about this one, talking about the way the Dolphins will play and how the Patriots we try to, you know, uh, dial back the pressure and really put more guys in the coverage and try to force Tannehill to make mistakes. Guys, what I wasn't expecting is for them to have um, you know, played that strategy to a T. They did it really well. 
The Dolphins for, you know, well, okay, let's stick with this for a second. You know, you put yourself in a bad predicament when Tannehill turns the ball over. And again, we're talking no pressure to dropping guys back in the coverage. And I knew he would struggle, but not like this. I mean, the dude literally, you know, threw, you know, interceptions early. I mean, they had a pick six early. I mean, so you, 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 you know, Brady comes out and scores, which we said he would get his numbers. But already your back is against the wall when, in addition to, you know, being down by a touchdown in the field goal, then you guys go and let up the pick six. Now that just changes everything. That makes sure that they cannot run with King and Drake like we talked about. And they really have to get into this high-power shootout. But again, if you're doing that, then Belichick and the Patriots know what you're doing. And I don't care who you are, but you're down 17 early against the Patriots. You got to try to make that up. You can't live with that. So they were able to really... um you know, buttonhole them into a lot of passes, which really forced um, their hand. And Belichick is a defensive genius. He knew what was coming. So they were able to create turnovers, give Tom Brady great field position off of this, which led to quick scores, which kept the Miami defense tired because they're staying out there all day. So, you know, Tannehill, they played their they played their strategy to a T to the Patriots, and he really folded like a house of cards. And if I'm teams playing the Dolphins moving forward, I really do want to be mindful of that um, strategy and maybe don't pressure him as much and force him to make his own mistakes by dropping back like that. So Kenyon Drake was a missed. Um, we did suggest James White. I said more so for passes instead of the rushing. Now, he did catch eight of his 10 receptions for 68 yards and a touchdown. But he had 112 total yards, and then he added a rushing touchdown, so two touchdowns on the day. He just got it done. But those receiving yards are really what drove that, right? Brady was 23 for 35 for 274 yards and three touchdowns. Now, he did throw the three picks. uh, I'm sorry, the two picks. So Miami wasn't playing exactly horrible. I mean, early on, they were forcing him to make some mistakes with that defense that they're so good at. But look, when you turn the ball over deep in your own territory, your defense is out there too long and they're on the heels, bad things are just going to happen. The best thing we can say about the Miami defense not being a flub and just being in the wrong predicament is they put up 38 points, yet they didn't finish the day fantasy-wise with negative points, just a zero. That tells you that their troubles can be attributed more so to the, to the Dolphins' offense as opposed to them just playing poorly on defense. For their part, they were still able to come away with two turnovers. So, you know, that's why I say I was so excited to get into that, you know, game script breakdown because although I got it wrong, totally understand why and just didn't give the Patriots enough credit that they carried their thing out to a T. I thought it would be a little bend, don't break type stuff, but no, 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 no. They got down on it and got the job done. All right, our next game was the Jets and the Jaguars. And, you know, we really recommended the Jets defense here thinking this would be closer than most people thought too. That was not the case. And again, I'm okay with the things I got wrong here, guys. I called out Darren Lee as one of the primary reasons why the Jets defense would be in that position. And Lee went down early. I don't think it was the first uh, series, but it was something early on in the game. So, you know, he's a coverage linebacker. And, you know, that was a lot of you know, what, why I thought that, you know, I, I thought ASJ would be the best case scenario for the Jaguars. And I know that Darren Lee's a good coverage linebacker. So I thought he would be all over the field in coverage, taking away that, you know, middle of the field area, if you will, for Bortles. We know he's not going to throw it downfield all game and can only check down so much. So, but when Darren Lee left, that really opened it up. 
I said that I couldn't recommend D.D. Westbrook because Bortles being so bad on his um, third down, or I'm sorry, on his play action passer rating for the attempted passes. Does that make sense? Like, that's why I thought that he was going to be not serviceable because he's rated 27th in the league on play action um, passing attempts, you know, on those downs, if that makes sense. So, I thought that he would be looking for Westbrook, but he just wouldn't be able to do it. So lo and behold, Lee leaves the game. That opens it up in the middle, right? So he was able to hit D.D. Westbrook, something like nine receptions, 130 yards. So again, we got that wrong, but we kind of understand why an injury sort of breaks open the script in a different way. Uh, We also recommended the Jaguars defense, or rather I did for you. And you know what? They got nine points, but that's not enough because we really wanted that turnover. I thought that they... Should have forced Sam Darnold into a bad decision and got a pick six, and that didn't happen. So I'm going to say that's a loss because we really want at least double-digit points from the defense, especially this defense. We didn't get that. And then we also recommended Quincy Anunwa, Um And he only caught – I mean, he led the – he well, the Jaguars are tough on defense. He, was, he caught four of his eight receiving targets for 66 yards, which is a dud, but he did lead the team. I thought he would be the big target because I saw, thought that – DJ Hayden is the most susceptible uh, to break down in coverage for the Jaguars because out of the slot, he's given up a horrific passer rating to quarterbacks against him. So the Jets figured that out too, and they did go to Anunwa, but just, you know, credit to the Jaguars defense. They were able to not make it a huge deal, right? He only, he led the team, but just, you know, pedestrian yardage. Next game was the Browns and the Raiders, and you know, we talked a lot about that group talk, that Mayfield and Callaway pairing for DFS purposes. Mayfield did all right, 21 for 41, 295 yards, but he got the two, t- he got the two touchdowns, but he also threw two picks. And Callaway just couldn't do much with all of his attention. So much so that you had Hugh Jackson coming out saying they're probably going to dial back the um, attention that they give him, hoping that he'll just take more care with the looks that he does get. Yeah, I can't argue with that. I mean, that was my one sticking point for this dude. It's not that they don't go to him, but what are you doing with that? And we see that, yeah, he's had some trouble converting, giving all the attention. Uh, Jared Cook, we recommended in this one. I cited that the way to attack the Browns defense would be the tight end position. And for his part, Cook's caught eight of his 13 receptions for 110 yards and two touchdowns. He just torched them. We said at 4,100, he was a great price point on DK. And, you know, he was really lowly owned, I think like 7% in most of my contests is what I saw or less. So just a huge, huge hit right there in terms of value, production, touchdowns, all of it. Brown's defense, I thought they may be able to um, force some turnovers, but had some injuries in the secondary. And this is the type of team just like the Saints where the secondary isn't necessarily terrible, but one guy goes down and that just breaks it all apart for them. Right. So that is what we saw there. And they were not a good suggestion. We also recommended Carlos Hyde. Now, he rushed 22 times for 82 yards, but he got a touchdown. Vultured a little bit by Nick Chubb, who is just something special. And the Browns really do have a wealth of options at the backfield. So, you know, what Hyde got you, you know, I'd love to say talent-wise he can get you more because it's true. But at the end of the day, they have three backs that they're willing to use. And even as they were trying to stay in the game there, you know, for pass blocking and catching passes, they used Duke Johnson a little more too, so... But boy, did Chubb look good. He just bust those two plays wide open, two big plays down the field. Now, that is how he sees more time. We don't know where they go from here. But if I'm this team, you really got to think about protecting Baker Mayfield and doing what the Saints did last year, which is truly try to run it as much as possible. 
to take some of the burden off that quarterback. The only problem with that is that defense. They're just not good enough to consistently force turnovers so they can consistently ground it out on the you know running side of the game. So, But one thing we can say about Carlos Hightower Bombers is he's got at least 17 touches in every game so far. So we can keep playing him comfortably. And in three of those games, he's got 22 touches. So will Chubb eat in a little bit? Yes. Will Johnson a little bit? Yes. But um, Hyde should continue to see his. I recommended Jarvis Landry, and he did get his touchdown. He had 10 uh, receiving targets, but he only caught four of those for 34 yards. The Raiders were really hoping to not get beat by him, so we had a miss there. And we recommended Marshawn Lynch. We talked about him running physically. We talked about him not, you know, initiating the violence out there. We talked about him, you know, scaring and intimidating defenders and them not wanting to get into the fight of tackling him. We talked about him just being physical out there. And that's what it was. He rushed 20 times for 130 yards, caught three of his five receiving targets for 27 yards, and he was beast mode. It's exactly as we said. Those guys did not look like they wanted to tackle him. And I'll tell you, at least once the referees blew this one because, you know, there's a whole pile of dudes standing around hoping that the referees blow the whistle. Marshawn Lynch kept the legs rolling. He's able to bounce out of that pile because those guys are just waiting on the whistle. Referee stopped the dead, but his mo- Marshawn's motion was never stopped. His legs were never stopped. He kept turning forward, and he was visibly pissed and upset after that. I think he kicked the football, almost chucked his helmet. I'd be upset, too, because they bailed them out there. That's what teams are hoping. Let's just crowd around him and hope that they sort of stop the action or whatever. But referees got to know. When Marshawn Lynch is out there, don't bail these guys out. Force them to take him to the ground because they don't want to. But he did exactly what we wanted. Bills and Packers, um, the Packers defense we recommended, and they were able to get you 20-plus points. That was a nice, fine recommendation. We said Rodgers would get his, 22 of 40, 298 yards, one touchdown, one pick. Nothing too flashy, but he got the job done. I thought since Kelvin Benjamin would um, finally not be shadowed, that he would be able to have some decent production, especially at $3,600 on the DFS side of things. I recommended him, but nothing there. And you can completely cut ties. If you couldn't do it in this one, I don't think he's going to be able to do it. Uh, we recommended Geronimo Allison because uh, Cobb was out. So Allison was targeted 11 times, which is, that's what we thought, right? That's exactly what we thought. He's only able to convert six of them, but he did get 80 yards. So, yo, that's a great upside play. That's a good GPP play. That's a good, you know, almost cash play right there too because we just kind of knew this is where Rodgers is going to have to go. They don't have a great run game. Um, but Aaron Jones actually came through a little bit too. Didn't recommend him. Um, I actually was put in a spot where I had to randomly play him on DraftKings in a spot, and it worked out okay just because his price point was so low. But we know that this this team is going to have to pass, so. uh, which led to that last recommendation in this game of Jimmy Graham. He only caught three of his six targets for 21 yards, but he got that touchdown. They used him, like we said, in the slot and got that touchdown. So, you know, remember, this is, you know, thematic of last year in Seattle we talked about this. Graham is not going to be running up and down the field, racking up tons and tons of yards. But what he will do is probably score that touchdown if they can uniquely use him around the goal line. Um, the Eagles and Titans was the next game. We did recommend Jay Ajay. Now, he rushed 15 times for 70 yards, and he caught three of his four receptions for 11 yards. But he didn't get that goal line touchdown that we were looking for. Tennessee played much more stout than we thought they would. This is a game we said would be closer than people thought, but I thought that the Eagles will pull it out. I even recommended their defense. Bad recommendation. We only finished with two or three points or something like that. And Ajay just didn't get those uh, rushing touchdowns because they were able to, you know, 
keep them out the end zone, more or less. Recommended Ertz, though. He, he caught 10 of his 14 receptions for 112 yards. Guys, he's a blanket for Wentz, especially as he works his way back into form here, Wentz. So you can continue to look for him. Those were my recommendations there. Alshon Jeffrey uh, had himself a great game, even though we did not recommend him. Next game was the Texans at the Colts. And uh, I recommended Lamar Miller because the Colts are so bad against pass-catching backs. We thought that um, the Texans would try to exploit this, but they didn't. They didn't even look to get him the ball in pass-catching scenarios, or Alfred Blue for that matter. So only 15 rushes for 49 yards um, for Lamar Miller. Dud, dud play, not good. We also recommended Eric Ebron. And you know what's funny in this game, T.Y. Hilton went down. So now you have Naheem Hines you know, out there in the slot and wide out as the number one receiving options. This team is really low on their options. But we were surprised to Andrew Luck slinging it a lot, slinging it deep, um, you know, all game long, really. Now, we did recommend Eric Ebron. He caught five of his 10 receptions for 40 yards, and he added a touchdown. So we got that touchdown we were looking for out of Mr. Ebron just because that's that field, that's that area of the field that they really like attacking right now. We recommended Fuller. Now, Fuller got you, you know, over 12 points in just one half. He left the game on a cautionary sort of a thing, if you will. Coach came out this week and said if they needed him to, he could have played in the second half, I think, but. You know, he got that touchdown, I think. Look, he, he great great production every time he plays with Watson. And uh, he still did really good considering that he didn't play the whole game. Next game is the uh, Bengals at the Falcons there. Oh, I'm sorry, the Bears. I'm sorry, the Bears at the uh, uh, the Bucks at the Bears. So a few recommendations in this game. First of all, I'll say I didn't have Mitch Trubisky going off for six touchdowns. Taylor Gabriel, I saw some recommendations for him out there last week. I didn't, but that was good too, I guess. He got two touchdowns. So if you had him, kudos to you. I really missed on the Bears side of things there. Um, Tampa Bay, I know they have a bad defense, but I didn't think the Bears offense would be able to rise to the occasion. And they were able to. That was a nice uh, performance by them. not going to take anything from it or throw dirt on Trubisky's name or this or that. We'll just give it to them and say they had a nice week. Now, we did recommend Burden, and he caught two of his four receiving targets for 86 yards and a touchdown. Early on in that game, he caught a 36-yard touchdown um, from Mitchell Trubisky, his first touchdown on the day. So we see now that uh, Tampa Bay is susceptible to giving up the big play down the seam to the tight end. That seems to be the thing. So we can continue to be interested, not always just you know plug it in, but we can be interested based on the matchup and tight ends playing this team. Uh, we also recommended Evans and not much doing there. The Bears were able to come through as a defense, keep pressure on Fitzpatrick. And, you know, they even had to uh, take him out of the game and they went with Jameis Winston. Uh, and it looks like we saw him sooner rather than later, which is incredible. Um, so that trade that I made a little while back, you know, looks very much good now where I bring in Dalton and I give up number one QB at the time, Fitzpatrick, because the very next week he doesn't even you know, finish the game. So I'm very happy. And it looks like that I made out extremely well right there. Um, our last recommendation from this game was the Texans defense. And they ended up with double digit points too. So a really good play there. Um, oh, I'm sorry. That was the last game. I'm sorry. I should be going down to Godwin. I recommended him and Evans. And no, they weren't able to do anything on the outside. You know what? The Bears had injuries to uh, their secondary. And so Callahan, I think, was moved to the outside, which I think provided a little more shutdown coverage along with Fuller. Um, 
because he was taking the place of Prince Nakamura. So Callahan is usually in the slot. That's why I thought no D. Jackson. I didn't think he would have a good game, and he did. But it's because that you know shift in coverage. Callahan moves outside. Different guy plays the slot, so that's where they give it up. So happy to say I was wrong there, but again, um, I understand why. And lastly, the Bears defense, double-digit points, 14 points on DraftKings. Really good play there. Week in and week out, Max bringing it. The Bears are bringing it as a whole. It's a really good unit. Um, And the next game, I'm so sad about this one because I wanted to be so right about this one. The Lions and Cowboys, I thought this would be more of a defensive stalemate. Now, neither team put up 30 points, so they didn't blow, you know, blow the game out of the waters or anything like that. But I wasn't expecting you know, middling 20 points from each. I thought more of a 10-13 style game, six, you know, 16-13, something like that, 19-16. Uh, so they scored just a few more points than I was looking for. So misses on both defenses. We really liked the Lions at that 2,500 price point. I think the Cowboys were 2,300. That was a lot of the allure there, but just not enough doing there. You at least got one X value back, though. Um, and then the only other recommendations for that game we had were the running backs. on Johnson saw 55 rushing yards, and he added a touchdown to that. So he didn't go ballistic. Um, but again, the Cowboys being without their leading tackler in the middle there, Sean Lee, um, we thought that on Johnson could see you know a pretty good clip of production. He got double-digit fantasy points. So off of his price point, especially for daily fantasy purposes, pretty good pick. Um, and then we understand that Coach Patricia is saying that they're using him just to mount the clip that they want. So I don't foresee them, you know, grounding, grinding him into the ground much more. They really like where they have him production wise. And they have other backs there, too. And true to form of Belichick, I think he'll try to sprinkle in some of those other really, really good backs they have. Or decent backs, at least. I don't want to say really, really good, but they're not slouches. You know what I mean? They have other guys there that can you know, run the ball a little bit. Um, but those were the recommendations along with Zeke Elliott. Zeke Elliott was the guy that went off for us. 240 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. So now you see the Lions. That's a thing now, right? They, they're having problems stopping the run. But they're pretty stout against the pass. Um, but Zeke Elliott really, really exposed that. And hopefully you used him in DFS just like I did. Uh, next game is going to be that Bengals and Falcons. And again, this is another one that I really liked. Um, because the Falcons have a problem stopping the running backs catching passes. So I really wanted to pair Dalton and Geo together. But let's go through our suggestions for this one. Andy Dalton was 29 for 41, 337 yards, three touchdowns against one pick. So a pretty good day for him. He is the leader of this team. His floor is just so high, in my opinion. I really like that we can expect those, you know, those 16, 17, 18, 19 points at the very least. But again, a really nice um, job by Dalton. And then I did pair him with Giovanni Bernard. And, you know, Bernard got it done on the ground. 15 rushing attempts, 69 yards, and two touchdowns. He had four receptions for 27 yards. So, you know, I feel like the Falcons were a little bit more cognizant to to try to give some more attention to the pass catching back. But you can't cover everything all the time. It's obvious that they have issues with the run game, stopping the run game, whether it be you know, rushing it or passing it, because here we see the Bengals were able to just sort of switch back over to pounding it on the ground as opposed to passing it to the running back. And Gio had himself a great game. Didn't recommend them, didn't recommend the defense, but we really do like um, what Geno Atkins is doing on the other side of the ball. This dude is a man on fire right now, so if you need an IDP, go for it. Uh, Recommended Tevin Coleman, and he rushed 14 times for 51 yards, and he caught all three of his receptions for 26 yards. But... um, 
you know, he didn't have a terrible day, but the problem is he got vultured by Ito Smith. Ito Smith got the touchdown. You take those points that Ito got, you add them to what Tevin Coleman got, and that's the production we were looking to right there. We also recommended Matt Ryan, who ended up going 29 for 39 for a 419 yards and three touchdowns. So again, just a very awesome um, you know, performance by him. So hopefully you were able to cash in on that. And our last recommendation from the game was A.J. Green. He caught four of his eight uh, receiving targets for 78 yards and a touchdown. So he just barely paid off. At that 7,500 price point, we really liked him. So some weeks, you know, DraftKings has you paying, you know, up for him traditionally. And so the reason why we liked him was because of that price point, 7,500. Last two games here. Next one is the Ravens and the Steelers. I thought this would be a, a little bit of a shootout. Um, or at least, you know, some points putting up. I, I thought it would come to the, I, no, I'm sorry. I thought it would come to the middle a little more. We thought that, you know, the Steelers would be a little bit better on defense and a little bit worse. Oh, I'm sorry. And the, and the Ravens would be a little bit worse on defense. Now that was true in the first half, but by the second half, the Ravens made their adjustments and they completely blanked Big Ben in the second half. But our suggestions for this game were Flacco, who ended up going 28 for 42 for 363 yards. And he added two touchdowns to that. Um, we also, and, and, you know, that, you know, the, the Steelers can't stop anybody, right? They can't stop anybody through the air. So Flacco was able to take advantage of that. We called it, you know, and he's probably still out there on your waiver wire too. Just target whoever's playing the Steelers right now because their defense is suspect. Along with him, we like John Brown, who caught three of his receiving targets, but he hauled in 116 yards in the touchdown. So we got what we wanted from Mr. Brown. I said the tight ends as well for Flacco, Hurst or Andrews or a combination, and that was a dud play right there. We recommended Buck Allen, also a dud play, but he did play ahead of Mr. Collins and he saw more snaps and he was out there uh, just a little bit more, but he didn't get the production we wanted. Now, on the other side of things, we recommended Big Ben and he ended up going 27 for 47 for 274 yards and a touchdown against one pick. So the thing with Ben is we're looking for traditionally a little bit more touchdowns. Um, and he's always in this position because his defense is so bad. So week in and week out, we know he's got to put the numbers up. The price, the price, the price. If the price becomes low enough, then we'll pay for him. But we don't want to pay up. Um, with him, I said Juju Smith-Schuster. He only, yeah, uh, middling production. You know, caught four of his 11 targets, 60 yards. Couldn't do much there. And Connor was vultured by game flow. They, you know, just... You know, the talents that he has, this game wasn't suited because the Steelers were just trying to stay in the game in the second half. So just not a lot of looks for him. But all in all, the Ravens look decent. And on the heels of this, we see that Le'Veon Bell should be coming back after week seven. So, you know, the Steelers are going to do what they can to keep themselves in it and turn the season around. And you can't count them out yet. They very well could still make the playoffs. But you can look forward to Bell coming back in a few weeks. So we know Bell owners are super pumped about that. And then on Monday night, the Chiefs and the Broncos, another game that we, you know, we didn't get this one right. And again, I'm happy to say that I didn't exactly get it right because that means that somebody did so much better than I thought they did, which is pretty cool. I had the Denver defense uh, because I thought Mahomes would struggle a little bit. I thought that being on the road Monday night, something was going to give and this was going to be the game they finally lose. I thought the scores would be a little lower, which they were. He didn't have a, you know, completely pistol game like he usually has done these first couple of weeks but the Denver defense was a bad pick um, bad suggestion they were not able to contain Mahomes who just looks awesome right now guys I mean if you watched 
just the way he's out there. He's a field general. He's zipping it in the tight spots. He's checking down. He's going through his progressions. I mean, he's doing everything. He's running when necessary. He looks really comfortable. He looks really great. He is, is enhancing the weapons that they already have in that offense by being so aware of what's going on out there. So I'm just so happy to say that I have not been high enough on him. Um, now, we did recommend Kelsey, and he caught seven of his 12 targets. So he hauled in 78 yards and a touchdown. So you got the production you were looking for there. We also recommended Hunt, citing that, you know, I said specifically that as teams try to lock in more and more on Mahomes, they are going to have to relinquish control over what they're doing with Hunt, right? So he rushed 19 times for 121 yards and a touchdown. He caught three of his four receptions for 54 yards. Hunt looked great too. And if you watch those games, you just see that he gets all this attention because, you know, they're focused so much on stopping Mahomes and not getting beat that way. So just as we predicted shortly ago, the game script is, you know, switching back into his favor. So they can play this ping pong. You want to stop Hunt, great, we'll kill you with Mahomes and vice versa. The key factor to all this is can Kansas City's defense show up in key moments? And they did this week. You know, a key turnover here and there, a sack. Those are the things. They don't have to be great. But if they can continue to make just one or two plays during the course of a game, that's what's going to keep this team in the driver's seat. We recommend the Case Keenum because the Chiefs defense has been so awesome. He was 21 for 33 for 245 yards, but he couldn't get in the air. He missed some easy ones to Demarius Thomas. Um, a couple guys wide open. He couldn't get the job done. He's thrown a lot of picks and not a lot of touchdowns through these first couple weeks here. So things not looking great for Keenum, and he has a pretty tough, match, mat, pretty tough matchup against the Jets next week too, I believe. So just a bad call right there. And my outlook on him has to be down too. If you can't exploit the Chiefs, now I have to start to look at you and think what's going on there. We also recommended uh, Lindsey, Philip Lindsey, because, you know, I thought he would see more work than Freeman just because they seem to prefer him in the 11 personnel. And he did get, you know, he was out there majority of the time, only 12 rushes, but 69 yards and a touchdown. So, you know, if you played him in fantasy or something like that, just that price point is so low that you got that value returned and he didn't kill you in seasonal either. We recommended Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas based on that Keenum production we were hoping for and just dud picks right there so that's how the week broke down that's how our plays with um hopefully it worked out for you guys for me as i said to start the show um i've got to get over that hump of winning more of the cash games and you know we're going to break this gpp nut one of these weeks and really bust it wide open so stick with us there we have so much more information than we did in week one now we've got a quarter of the season through the books the statistics really do mean something a couple guys coming back from suspensions and you know, things like that. Um, you've got, you know, Ingram's back now. You've got Edelman back now. So a lot of cool stuff going on there. If you if you have Ingram, you can play him. I actually have a wealth of, uh, on one of my teams, a wealth of, you know, riches at running back, to be quite honest with you. So I have um, Saquon Barkley. I have James Conner. I also have Devonta Freeman. And I have um, Mark Ingram as well. So I would say if you have Ingram, this is what you waited for. Don't put him on the bench. Play him. He's already you know missed four weeks, so get him in there. Um, is he going to have a, a run a RB eight year like he did last year? Even though Kamara finished what was it RB one or RB two? I don't know, but he got eighteen attempts a game last year, which is great. Can he see that this year? He could, but I'm thinking maybe not. But at the same time, 
Great week to use him anyway because he's a fresh, good back. We know what he does. He's always been a 1,000-yard rusher, even though it seems like he always shares the production with somebody else. So plug him in there. But as I just told you my four running backs, I don't know if I'll have him in there because James Conner's got the Falcons uh, on defense this week, and Saquon Barkley has been match-up-proof. So maybe you guys can help me out with that one. That'll be a question I want you guys to help me out. Tweet at me. Uh, at the process, T B S A E. Hit me on Facebook, the process page. Um, you can find me on the website too, www.tigerbombsae.com. But guys, ultimately, what I would like is for you to help me of uh, those four running backs in the games that they have this week. So again, you got Saquon Barkley, Devonta Freeman, Mark Ingram, and James Conner. Help me out, guys. Who should I start? Um, in my, you know, two running back positions, if you put one in the flex, who would it be? Um, and help me out there, folks. But that is our synopsis of what happened last week. I'm going to turn the page for you guys now and get grinding on this week. I've already started, of course, but we will have our player rankings and uh, game predictions up for you ahead of the Thursday night football game for tomorrow. So you can look out for that stuff on the website and certainly through Facebook and Twitter will notify you the moment it's out, right? But um, that's where you can find that information. Thanks again for tuning in, guys. Hey, if you're listening on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, something like that, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button, tell your friends, share on your Facebook page, all that good stuff, tweet it out, retweet. Those are the things that help me build up the audience, which is nice, right? So we want to kind of clue our friends in, you know, to some degree on what's going on. Or if you know other people looking for good, credible information, you can help me spread the word out there. Word of mouth is kind of how you grow fantasy football podcast, um, you know, specifically. So that's all I got for you guys. Hopefully it was a great week. Hopefully week five will be a better week for us, but I will catch you guys on Saturday. The process is brought to you by Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment, LLC.